everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Today we are going to be cussing... Cussing? <laughs> Probably. Are, are, we, are we going to be cussing? I mean, look, okay, <laughs> I, I get it. I cuss a lot, but you don't have to call me out, especially at the start of an episode. <laughs> Uh, well, we will probably be cussing, but I meant discussing uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. But before we get into that, yeah, it's been a week of it. Both Brad and I's brains are not functioning at like 50%, let alone 100 So there will be more blunders like this intro throughout the rest of this episode. One, 100%. It's been, yeah. it's been that kind of week. But how, how has your week been? <laughs> Week's been pretty um, productive, but like also a lot because of that, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a English equivalency test thing that I had to do that was pretty stressful. Um, not because I had to like do it, but just because it's the first test I've had to take since I took my citizenship test when I was, what, 19, I think? 20? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while since I have taken a test. Uh-huh. And my brain had to function. And it wasn't multiple choice. I had essay questions. And, um, yeah. Ew, I don't who likes to write? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a whole different section of my brain that I'm used to using. Because it was like a read an article, analyze the article, answer the essay questions based on the article kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And... The vast majority of reading that I do as an adult is, like, novels. Because uh-huh. because any, like, news media or anything that I consume tends to be, like, audio or audiovisual, you know? Sure. So I haven't read an article in probably way longer than I should have. Now, you see, article reading is for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> we are otakus here only. Get out, nerds. Look, I look. I am only here for like weeb and anime news. Anything else is for nerds. Mm, yeah, so I had to do that, uh, and then I was doing some more. Oh yeah, I spoke to I spoke to the twins. Well, one of the twins in particular this week for six hours straight. Uh huh. It was one of those things where you know I don't know if you have this, but like we, me and the twins have obviously been friends since high school for mm-hmm. like eight years coming up this September. And um, we have one of those relationships where we don't talk for, like, months just because life gets in the way. They live on the other side of Canada than I do. So they, like, life gets in the way. We have jobs. We have families. They both have long-term relationships. Shit happens. And mm-hmm. yes. so then we don't, we end up just not talking. Or, like, our talking consists of sending each other memes. Like, it's not actually talking, you know? Uh-huh. And so then the other day... Uh, I was like, hey, I'm free today, and one of the twins was on call, so um, she was like, if I don't get called in, then let's get on Skype, or an equivalent. And yeah, so we did, and we started calling at pretty much dead on noon, it was like, yeah, a few minutes past noon, for me, and uh, hung up when it was time to eat food in the evening. That night. I was going to say, I'm sure Stomach Chan was yelling at you by the time that phone call was over with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went for a walk. There's a, a beaver dam that's down by the creek near where I live, which is a whole... It's so Canadian, this. What I, I was going to say, Blue, you're, you're Canada showing. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but there's... Okay, it gets even more Canada than that. 
Um, oh, so there's does a, it? There's a train track that runs nearby my, my house. Um, uh-huh. not, not super near, but probably the equivalent of about two blocks away from my house. Mm-hmm. We're at the bottom of the street, so then there's like a big road and stuff that gives distance, but it's probably about two blocks away. Uh-huh. And it, it carries these huge North American freight trains that I don't actually know if they exist anywhere else in the world. In my brain, freight trains only exist in North America. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, the 99 carriage trains with like two engines on the front and one on the back. You know the kind? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and you're if you stop at a light with a, at a track, a crossing with one of them going, you're sitting there for 20 minutes while it's going by. Oh yeah, I am. I'm very familiar living in the South. Yeah, I fucking hate those things. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's that's. It's not passenger. No passenger trains go by on that. It's purely freight trains. Mm-hmm. And there is a small, kind of halfway between, like a what you consider a very small river and a large stream, like the middle <laughs> of that, that mm-hmm. runs um, underneath the train tracks. A little bit of ways, like down the road, and there's a canola field there, and and it runs past the canola field, um, and then there's this bridge that the trains run over it. And a little while ago, the beginning of summer, all of a sudden, on the top side, the side where the housing district is, the small patch of grass there, um, where there's like a telephone pole and stuff, started to have like a load of frog noises coming out, which is kind of really unusual to the area. Like we were like, that's. N- what? Is the water stagnant? Why is why are there frog noises? There's not normally frog noises. So my dad was like, oh, the water level's weird. Maybe it's a beaver dam. And we were like, eh, maybe. But like, we're also in a fairly populated area. Like, I'm on the edge of a town, but like, it's, it's a fairly populated town. And there had been construction only about a block away from that area beforehand. Like, and currently there is construction there. So it, it seemed kind of weird that there would be wildlife there? I don't know. Um, but yeah, we kind of just left it. And then the other day I went for a wander down to the tracks because I was just curious. And yeah, it's a whole beaver dam under there. And because beavers are the national animal of Canada, they are protected like the bald eagle is in America and they can't touch it. So all of the construction has stopped. All of the, like that telephone wire has been sectioned off. Like they can't do any kind of like, if that telephone wire goes down, they just have to redirect it somewhere else. They can't get anywhere near it. They're not allowed <laughs> to do... They're not allowed to... Like, this has been sectioned off. It's like, do not go near the dam. And they also can't clear it. So that whole section is flooded. And now the stream is all... The stream bed is all dried up. And the canola field that is down the road a bit is getting no, none of the water that it normally does. So I've heard the, the local farmers are grumbling about the fact that they actually have to water their canola. So, <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> fucked everybody over because these beavers are like, we're going to build a dam here underneath train tracks that have trains running across it at least three times a day. I'm like, do they get any sleep at all? These hundred carriage train, the huge, because they're like the double decker ones where you have the crates and then the crates on top of the crates. Mm-hmm. They're going by there three times a day. I'm like, do these beavers not have a headache? Like they they build their dam under the train tracks. I don't know. It makes me laugh a lot. Uh, but it's really nice. I went down there. I went for a walk. I stayed back, so I wasn't like getting all up in their business. Mainly because I'm f- fairly certain those beavers would 
launch and I don't really feel like becoming edible to them. So, um, <laughs> so I stayed back, but I, yeah, I went for a wonder. I had a look around to see what it was and yeah, train tracks. <laughs> train tracks. That's going to be the title of this week's episode. Train tracks. <laughs> train tracks. Uh, those oh, damn God. train tracks. Uh huh. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know that's that's the cool thing that's kind of happened in uh, in my neck of the woods. What about you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so today has been a day. Mm-hmm. I spent a whole week's worth of wages in one day today. That sounds extravagant. It's not what you think. Okay. So I had to go to the eye doctor today because I am out of contacts, and mm-hmm. so if these fall out, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so I called to see if I could order another box mm-hmm. just to, you know, kind of get me by until my insurance with my new job kicks in. And they're like, nope, your prescription is expired. So you need to come in right, and get an eye exam so we can get you fitted. So I was like, fuck. Mm. So I'm like, this is going to get expensive. So I go in, I get my eye exam done. Cost me $150. Yeah. Just to get my eyes checked. Mm-hmm. Well, so get my eyes checked. All that said and done, my prescription hasn't changed a lick. Mm. I paid $150 just to find out my eyes haven't changed. So then mm. on top of that, I have to spend another $150 to order contacts because mm-hmm. I still don't have insurance. Oh. But on the flip side of that, though, where the other bit of my wages went, so cloak. Released a new drop today. <laughs> okay. They, they they released an anime drop, and so you you know me, you know yeah. giant giant weeb who mm-hmm. can't resist anime merch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the lavender ones. Right. Those are so cute. Those look great. They're worth it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent worth it. But I'm just like, Bleh. yes, <laughs> my a wallet. Lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money, but yeah, it, uh, it's. It's really nice when you find a brand that you, like, resonate with. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I mean, it's not nice for your wallet, but it's nice for mental health and... and yeah, uh, it's one of those things, yeah. like, legitimately, it is the most comfortable clothes I've ever put on. Mm-hmm. So I don't care to spend the money, but whenever they release an anime-related drop, because typically I might get one thing with their Pride collection in June, I think I got, like, three different items just to have some more tennis clothes to mm-hmm. play in. Mm-hmm. So, I got like three things, but with this one, I was like, screw it. It's anime related. I'll do with it like what I did last time and order a few things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know I got you a hoodie out of the last one. I don't remember what I got you out of the last anime shock. drop, but I was like, screw it. I'm going to order up on this one. And I was like, <laughs> my, my poor shock. wallet. <laughs> well, I did get you a shark too. <laughs> Look, you. Like, on my little uh, art desk over here, you have a pile of shit that's going to be sent to you. Yeah, you have a I bag. Just have to wait on your, I just have to wait on your shark to get here before <laughs> I can send it. Yeah, you have a bag in my office that uh, I need to probably send before I move. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I know my shit won't get to you by the time you move, so you're going to have to get another P.O. box. That's that's fine. It can, my parents can can deal with it or whatever i was gonna say either that or george or your parents can deal with it at that point who cares or if i'm already or if i already know my address for toronto then if you haven't sent it yet i can send you that i'll go ahead and tell you it the way cloak typically does their stuff they're not gonna ship out your shark 
hoodie, shirt, whatever I got you anyway. They're not going to send that out for about another three weeks. Yeah, okay, I'll probably know my address in Toronto by then. Yeah, so I, I got you, fam. Cool, cool. <laughs> so outside of that, I started a new anime last night. Mm-hmm. And I dropped it the same night. Oh, juicy. Yeah. <clears throat> so do you remember me talking about a rom-com called Osamake, rom-com where the childhood friend won't lose? Vaguely, yeah. So... I started that yesterday because I was like, you know, I'm I'm just in the mood to start something new. I want something lighthearted because, I mean, at this point, we all know my story. I'm sad, lonely boy who just wants to watch love stories. It's just, it's who I am at this point. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I started it because I'm like, I, I could go for a good rom-com. Why not? I got three episodes in and was like, fuck this. I'm oh. done. <laughs> I, oh. I got to stop. So the first three episodes could have been an entire season on its own. Like, that's how much plot twists and turns and everything that got thrown at me. Okay. It was it was so bad. And so I messaged one of my friends. I was like, hey, Ash, I'm going to need you to watch this for me and tell me if it's worth finishing. <laughs> I was like, if you watch it, I promise. I'll finish Domestic Girlfriend. And for those of you that don't know, Domestic Girlfriend is the dumpster fire anime of the personification of what are you doing, Step Bro? It, it's one of those. Oh. <laughs> but oh. the OP is phenomenal. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was like, if you watch this and tell me if it's worth finishing, I'll finish Domestic Girlfriend. Uh, but it's been a trip. Yes. Maybe that's why it feels like it's been a week. Those three episodes just felt like I aged an entire year. <laughs> it kind of takes me to like fan fiction, like when you describe it of being uh-huh. like so much in one short space of time. It's like when you're reading a really bad fan fiction, which I have done in my time. There was a time uh-huh. when I was a middle school and high school student and spent my time reading some fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm free to admit it. It's, very normal. But uh, yeah, sometimes because they're written by teenagers, they're written by the people who read them, right? And um, it is like that. It's like, and then they uh, got into the car and drove to across the country. And then when they were halfway across the country, a dragon came down and swallowed them both. And then when so they were inside the dragon, they proclaimed... proclaimed their love for each other and then after they fell in love then one of them gets pregnant even if they're both male one of them will get pregnant and then and then uh then they get dropped off out of the dragon who then becomes their son and then they uh make a a mansion on the moon and then all of a sudden somebody gets accused of cheating Mm. yeah yeah, so a short little synopsis of the bullshit that I was made to sit through. Spoiler chicken hats, if you want to watch the anime but haven't seen it, skip ahead a couple of minutes, because I'm never putting this dumpster fire on our list. Okay. So, and I know how you are about rom com so I know if I don't put it on the list, you're not going to watch it, so you don't give a shit. True. <laughs> so, skip ahead a couple of minutes if you don't want to listen to this, but, okay, here we go. Our main character, childhood acting prodigy. But his mother dies, so he gives up acting. It's like, you're lying April, but shittier. (laughs) Okay. So, 
his childhood best friend is in love with him. So, but the girl that he has a crush on is like a world-renowned author during their freshman year of high school. He wants to ask her out, but she gets asked out by their senpai. So he's like, okay, this is my first love. I'm pissed. I want to get revenge. So him and his childhood best friend decide to scheme. And their scheme is to pretend to go out to make his crush jealous. So he, in turn, tries, like, they go through with a plan, but come to find out that their senpai knows who he is and knows he was a childhood actor. So he's like, oh, I'm going to expose you. And I'm also going to... I'm also going to show that I'm better because I, too, am an actor. Well, so they decide to fight for the affections of the writer that he's in love with. But the scheme is to do a play. And by doing the play, they will, like, he will, in essence, win her over. But whenever they do the play at the school festival, by the time it's all said and done, he realizes that he is in love with his childhood best friend. So he confesses to his childhood best friend and she turns him down. <laughs> That's how the third episode ended. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. That's a lot. Good. Uh, yeah. I hope your brain kept up with that because mine sure didn't. No, I don't. I mean, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was, it was something else. Oh God. I, I don't, I Again, I I haven't dropped an anime that quickly in so long. You know what? That's a good question for you guys that are listening. What is the fastest anime that you have dropped? What's the one that you were just like, no? I mean, you know, typically at this point, we have the ability to where after we watch a couple of episodes, we can decide whether, you know, we like something or we don't like something. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where typically you kind of have a good idea. I thought... That I was going to love this because I'm like, yes, finally, the childhood best friend wins. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> also, they're doing like a really weird love triangle thing of like, how do we know which one is truly the childhood best friend in this scenario? Because technically both love interests are like childhood friends. Yeah. My brain hurts. But yes, please tell us what you have. Tell us what made you drop an anime, why you dropped it, what you dropped and how quickly it took to make you drop it. I have one. I just quickly okay. double-checked my um, anime log, everything I've seen, and I went onto the, my dropped thing. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, apparently I dropped the Irregular at Magic High School after one episode. You know, I thought about starting that. Never got around to it. Yeah, so a uh, basic plotline is it's a sibling duo. They both go to a magic high school, high school where you learn how to do magic and stuff. The entire society is based on this magic thing. Younger sister, older brother. The older brother has, I can't remember exactly how, but he has something about him that means that he, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not as well, because like I said, I don't remember how much, like I, I think I've only seen the one episode because that's only how much I've logged. Like I said, I don't know. It's in a weird folder in my brain, okay? <laughs> so okay. <laughs> if it's a spoiler, it may be, it may not. The older brother has a thing about him where he has had all of his emotions turned off except for the love of his sister. The uh, lines are very blurry. Uh, I was going to say, is this another like domestic girlfriend, what are you doing, stepbro type scenario? 
could very well be. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I think what happened was why it's like, I feel like I know more than I actually have seen is because I think one of the twins got further into it than I did. And they were like, I think it was one of those ones where like, let's watch this thing together. I watched one episode, didn't watch any more of it. They binged a little bit of it and then told me about it. And then that's mm-hmm. why I feel like I know more than I actually have logged because I'm normally pretty good. Like I have other ones on there that I've dropped that I've like, oh, I dropped after four episodes or I dropped after, you know, three and a half or, <laughs> you know, I'm normally pretty good at writing down. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I uh, personally do not recommend that one. Hmm. Interesting. It's one of those things where I feel like I've like looked at it and the art style looked good. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, maybe it's worth watching. But as as we have seen on this podcast, just because something looks good does not mean it is actually good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's let's pretend that that's a prime example of that. Yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> but, so shall we shall we get into some news? Yeah. Do we have any? Uh, we have a lot. Oh. First things first. Sword Art Online Progressive, the film has officially been announced for its release date of October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Nice. So it's getting its release in Japan on October 30th, so we probably won't get the release here in North America until probably January. Mm-hmm. Probably, but regardless, I am so excited. Progressive is phenomenal. I need as much info as I can get as possible. It's going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. Then, next piece of news, Demon Slayer. Second season is officially getting its big TV announcement on July 13th. I don't know what they're going to announce. I don't know if it's just an official release date or what their all info they're going to be giving. However, more excitement. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of the excitement. Yes. Anything Demon Slayer right now, just give it to me. Give, it, give me all of it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much how the entire world is feeling right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, most popular anime ever, pretty much running through right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Vidland Saga's second season has officially been announced. I think I have that on our, like, animes to cover list. Mm-hmm. Just because I've heard fantastic things about it, but it's on Amazon Prime, and therefore I'm too lazy. I say that, I pay for Amazon Prime for the podcast. <laughs> just to get us free shit. And so, we have access to it. I'm just too lazy to use it. <laughs> yeah, but I feel so you. that has been announced. We don't have any other info on it besides that. However, just the fact that it has been announced, I know a lot of people are going to be happy about that. Mm-hmm. And then, in saddening news, though, the Rising of the Shield Hero second season has been postponed until April of 2022. That makes me big sad. I covered that last week just so we would have it done by yeah. the time it came out in October. Yeah. So no it- reasons have been given as to why it was postponed. However, it just said it was delayed due to various reasons. Right. Hmm. And then, although it wasn't covered in the news, the um, The Japanese government has released a statement saying that they will not be allowing spectators at the Olympics this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was, I don't know if it was uh, actually announced or if it was just like heavily hypothesized a few months ago. Well, the story a few months ago was they weren't going to let any 
like people from outside the country go. Oh, but it was still okay. going to be open for right. Japanese citizens. However, they're not allowing spectators at all, at all. this year. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's just going to be a slight damper on the local economy, probably more so than what the original impact we thought was going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that they use technology to their advantage for this kind of thing. I would like to see a lot more stuff being live streamed, but I don't know if they have like specific contracts with like TV stations to mean that it won't be possible to live stream. Because I feel like if they streamed the Olympics to Twitch, <laughs> they would make a lot more money than they would do by just selling purchasing rights to TV companies, you know? Oh my god, they would make so much money off of that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that is a great idea. Right? So if if I were the Japanese government and I'm trying to make back some of the money that they invested into the spectacle that is the Olympics, I would Facebook stream, YouTube stream, and stream on Twitch. Oh yeah, 100%. Oh my god, that's yeah. a great fucking Well, because I would argue that you would end up with an absolutely huge bidding war if you pitched those three companies to each other to say, well, who's going to buy the exclusive rights to us streaming the Olympics? Even better, all the money will be made. I was going to say, I feel like they would pay... So much money, because of course each of these companies make a percentage from every donation and and everything, every tip that they get. So you make an exclusive deal with YouTube or whatever, or Twitch, then they're going to have to give you a big chunk forked over initially. And then if they only, if you only sell it as the exclusive internet, like streaming rights as well, then you can still broadcast it to TV, but have it just be live streamed on the internet via only one site. Not only that, but take it and like break up the categories into multiple like, stream make channels. separate yeah. channels mm -hmm. for each individual event. Yeah, well, that way they're people all going can actually find what they want to find. And then, if I were Twitch or whatever, say Twitch is the one that gets the deal, then they could create an entire new tab on the site that is just Olympics mm -hmm. for the time being, and then. Uh, and then you could have the the gymnastic stream, or then that also opens up the windows to those people that do the the react channels and stuff, those streamers that do react streams, and mm. allows them to then do reactions to the live stream, which is also feeding money into the company's pocket, less so the Olympics, but also into the the company's pocket because of the the tips and donations that they'll get, which means that they're going to have a higher incentive to have a bigger lump sum of, of money go to the Japanese government from purchasing the Olympics in the first place. Amazon, write this woman a check, like now. <laughs> she she is she is giving you the ability to make a metric fuck ton of money. Just go ahead and write her a check. Uh, that's what I would do if I were on that team, personally. Fuck off, motorcycle brigade. Well, because, okay, for uh, going on in hearts of this as well, um, there is a gymnast out of Britain um, Niall Wilson, I think his last name is, um, he was a medalist in the previous Olympics and was supposed to compete in this Olympics, but suffered an injury and retired. But I would have him and other, and he has like a YouTube channel and, and social media now, and I'd have him and other athletes do direct commentary because they have their own platforms, so they can direct their platforms to whichever streaming platform it is. So... Niles on YouTube, so he could do 
live streaming on YouTube of the live stream of the Olympics or of him reacting to highlight reels or whatever and actually do commentary based on his own knowledge from the sport. You just get other athletes involved. They'll make money. You'll make money. It's a good time for everybody. Agreed. Honestly, yeah. some somebody get on that, please, and thank you. Yeah. But also, royalty checks can be mailed to BNB <laughs> Anime. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's how I would do it if I were them. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's a that's a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. I I can one hundred percent get behind all of that. So, somebody get on that. Like seriously, like this is a great money making idea to mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> See, this is the thing, is I can do the ideas, I just need somebody to execute it for me. Well, just... you are part of, like, you are in the wrong partnership here, because <laughs> I can do none of that shit. No, I know, we're both we're both idea people, but that's why a podcast is good for us, because we can bounce ideas off of each other. But, like, if we were trying to do something productive, no, wouldn't happen. Um... No, no, like, you can barely get either of us to edit this damn thing. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> But I feel like if you just locked me and you in a room with snacks and then they just recorded whatever we were talking about within the room, then we would make so many people so much money. Oh, yeah. Like just instant profit. Like 100%. Yeah. Just give us a constant supply of ramen and we're good. Oh, my God. You you said the magic word. I want ramen. (laughs) So come to find out the local shop has like a roasted garlic oil that they can add to it. My life has been changed, mate. That's <laughs> I can I, never get it without. Ugh, yeah, garlic is so good. So good. Garlic isn't usually used in Japanese cuisine either, so that's interesting. Ginger mm-hmm. is more common, isn't it, for like a strong, herby, spicy flavor? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like garlic is definitely more of like a Western thing. Yeah. However, just the difference that it makes is just. It's game changing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, was... I will gladly pay the extra dollar per bowl from this point going forward just because of how much of a difference it makes. I was uh, uh, listening to a woman speak about her parents that are from two different parts of France. I can't remember where the other one was from, but one of them was from Normandy, I think. I don't know, I can't remember. But the two different parts of France have like religious uses of either olive oil or butter. And if you use the other one, there will be an argument. And it was making me laugh a lot because I was like, yeah. I feel like I need to listen to this because that sounds amazing. Yeah, I think it's the south of France uses olive oil because of their warmer climate. Uh And then the north of France uses butter. Interesting. I'm not entirely sure about that. If you are French and yelling at the podcast right now, I (laughs) I apologize. I am just your neighborhood Brit, and therefore I'm probably always wrong when it comes to the French, because the British are, we're like the annoying sibling to France. I feel like we do everything wrong. And in case you can't tell, I'm the idiot American, so don't, don't come yelling at me due to my ignorance, because I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The only thing I know is sweet tea and mashed taters. Yeah. I will say I've been around more Quebecois than I have around French people, so... Either, uh, they they don't know anything about France either. Can can we get the Italians to weigh in on this while we're at it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who makes more olive oil, Greece or Italy? Somebody let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, who produces more? Now I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This I is don't when know it's gonna either. Be like, it's going to be like Turkey or something that's just completely out of 
out of our range of sight. And we're going to be like, what? Okay. But that's Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) I can can feel your disdain in this, like, thousands of miles between us. I can just feel your hatred radiating. So, shall, shall we get into Jujutsu Kaisen before you kill yes. me? <laughs> yeah, let's do Jujutsu Kaisen. Alright, so Jujutsu Kaisen was a manga written by Gege Akutami? It's G-E-G-E. Uh, G-E-G-E, then Gege, yeah. Yeah. Published by Shuisha, and it is a shonen. Produced in the weekly Shonen Jump, it has run from March 5th of 2018 to present for a total of 16 volumes. Now, if that sounds like a metric shit ton to be done in the span of three years, that's because it is. The writer and creator of Jujutsu Kaisen recently had to go on hiatus because his publisher was like, look, you're going to work yourself into the grave. You're taking a break. Oh, false holidays. Uh, Yes. Because apparently it was, like, starting to make them legitimately sick. Oh. So, good on the publisher to be like, look, the money can wait. You need to go chill the fuck out. Yeah, good publisher, and uh, also, like, yeah, well, sensei, take a nap. Like. <laughs> what, 100%. Like, we yeah. here at the B&B Anime Podcast like to fully endorse naps and vacations. They are good for you. Yes. Do the thing, take the break, see the family. Eat some sweets. Smell the roses. I don't know. Like, go spend some time in a hot spring. You're in a country surrounded by friggin' just baths everywhere. <laughs> go sit in them. I, I want to go to a hot spring. <laughs> I, I, this is the thing that bugs me about the thing. You know when it's like, you live in a place, so you never do the touristy things of the place that you live in? Uh-huh. I live in Alberta, in Canada. We have hot springs. I've never been in them. I've lived here 13 years. Never been in them. So, not only have you been there for 13 years and never been to them, but you're moving away from them. Yeah, I'm moving outside of Hot Spring Territory. Mate. <laughs> I'm never coming to visit you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to go to Greenland? Greenland. And Iceland. I want to go to both. I'll do both. Just make sure to pick the proper time to go to either one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't go to Greenland in the middle of winter. That does not sound like a fun time. Uh, It's not too different from where I live, so. Uh, You know. (laughs) Minus, like, 30 to 40. Yeah, that's every winter. But, I mean, y'all went from minus 40 to uh, (laughs) fucking 40 degrees in the span (laughs) of a month. (laughs) Yeah, we had an 80 degrees Celsius difference. Just in the span of a month. Like, God. Yeah. Canada's not for me. No, Canada's a fun one. Um, one of the twins brought me back some rocks from Greenland because she's a flight attendant. So one of the flights that she goes to is Greenland. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, she brought me back some rocks. And I was like, cool, thank you. So I'm going to send her some rocks from the Beaver Creek. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> we, we never grew up past seven. We hit seven. We're just like, do you want some rocks? You 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 wanna you wanna see my rock collection? This one's name's Pete. This one's name's Jessica. <laughs> Put this googly one. eyes on them before you send them. <laughs> no, 
Taiwan's Bowinkle. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah. Cute. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> so the anime series was directed by Songho Park. The mm-hmm. studio that produced it was MAPPA and just we have covered a lot of MAPPA stuff on here. For one, one of Blue's favorite animes of all time, Kids on the Slope. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Yuri on Ice, Kakigarui, just a whole lot of big titles from recent years. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but probably one of the biggest titles in the past year is season four of Attack on Titan. So, MAPPA is one of the biggest powerhouse studios for it being relatively new. Like, it is a fucking powerhouse studio. Mm-hmm. So, and you can definitely tell, because first things first, the OPs and EDs are stunning on this, and all of them are unique and individual in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Like, that first ED, like... You should have had a ball with that. One, because of the music choice, but two, just the colors and everything. Yeah, actually. OPs and EDs out of this, I I actually really liked all of them. The mm-hmm. vocals on the second ED were not my personal favorite, but the visuals were really, really cool. So mm-hmm. I do, uh, when we get past the spoiler warning, um, I will we'll talk more about it. I don't know if EDs are the second ED. I kind of consider the second ED a little bit of a spoiler because I feel like that kind of kept more secret <laughs> than the first one. I don't know. Um, uh, I could see it just because yeah. a lot of the visuals were very, like, uh, up front with what was going on. Yes, and yeah. At the time. But the the first ED, for some reason, reminded me of a JCPenney ad. I could see it. Yeah, it was really, really good. I love the, the song and the visuals. They were so, so good, but I, I just couldn't watch it without getting JCPenney. And also the opening to um, Grease, the John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John mm-hmm. movie, you know? Yeah. I got uh, I got vibes from both of those while watching that. Uh, but it was really, really, really good. I really liked them consistently through, across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, like, I I can't speak highly enough about the animation for the show itself, but especially the OPs. The animation on the OPs was just mwah, chef's kiss. Like, they mm-hmm. were just so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will go ahead and preface this episode with if you have not seen this show and you're a big fan of Shonen and you're a big fan of fight scenes and just really fucking pretty animation, mm-hmm. go watch it. Like, as far as everything we've covered this year, this is probably one of the prettiest things that we've covered this year, if not ever. Yes. Yeah, it is a rated R or 17 plus, so I would recommend sticking to that just because of the violence and profanity that are throughout it. But um, yeah, there's no like, uh, yeah, there's no there's no real trigger warnings other than the fact that it is like a action death sequence style fighting stuff. But I wouldn't say that there's anything about it that is particularly especially upsetting. No, like, you you don't go into a shonen and not expect death and gore. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is it, I don't think there's anything in it that would be unexpected in a shonen, so. No, especially considering the fact that it's rated R. Like, yeah. fuck it, everything is as it should be. Yeah, yeah, so if you do ha- are sensitive to that kind of stuff, 
bear that in mind. But if you're not at all, and it, yeah, it's a basic action fight em up kind of thing. If like you Naruto don't like action and blood, go like go watch Tonica Coon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is rated both highly on both Anime Planet and my anime list across the board. Everyone seemed to really, really like this, which is I consistent guess at high to high eights or like four point something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dead on. Uh, and it is, uh, but yeah, that's completely consistent with the Crunchyroll Awards because this was first place. Yep, this was anime of the year for 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that's consistent across the board for Anime Planet. It is a 4.66 out of 5. And for uh, my anime list, it is an 8.77 out of 10. So 8.7 so. and a 9.2. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But super, again, super. I can see it. I can 100% see it. Yes. Um, super, super highly rated. And I feel like those ratings are justly deserved. There are a couple tropey things, but again, I don't think it's anything that you wouldn't expect for its genre. You know, there's it's not like especially tropey, and but it does have a few of those. I guess you could even call them core characteristics to make it what it is for its genre. If it didn't have those, it almost wouldn't be part of that genre. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I guess you could say there are certain things that are a little bit tropey, but a lot of things that they did were super unique that also explained some of the tropes, which I thought was cool that I'm excited to get into when we start the spoiler hat discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the comedy throughout it is very well placed, like everything. Like the pacing on the show is phenomenal as well. Like there's a lot to like yes. about the show and they did, like in my opinion, I have no complaints. Like they did very well with... Music design, production, animation, timing, like everything flowed. Yeah, I very agree. Well. It gives it is a really nice like a uh, like a wave, I guess, of mm-hmm. emotional pulling. Like it pulls you to to a more heartfelt and then it gets really exciting and then it gets like nerve-wracking and then sweet and then funny and then heartfelt and then exciting and then dangerous and you know, so you're on like a good wave. You never, I don't ever feel like it left you stagnant for a time or where like they dragged out anything too long. They mm. were consistent with a lot of stuff and there were some really good callbacks to like small details that you wouldn't think were important. And there was, they followed through with a thing that I didn't think that they were going to follow through with. It, they could have copped out in an area and they didn't. And I think that that actually made the show really good. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but they, I had a point I was going to go with, and it just fucking left my brain. Nope, it's gone. It may come no. back to me later. I don't I don't know. It's gone. Another thing that I wanted to talk about with the animation is that the animation style does change depending on things happening, which I thought was really, really cool. And they used it in a very, very creative way. For instance, mm-hmm. there was one period of time when um, there is water used as a... Uh, and it like kind of an attack block defense kind of thing. Um, and the animation style for that water was uh, completely different from anything else. And it kind of reminded me of Demon Slayer, in fact, when I guess it's just the like um, the Japanese, like the paintings that you see where they have the the wave, mm-hmm. you know? 
it looked yeah. like that. I don't know. It was really, really cool and really, really well done. And I noticed it, but it didn't like take me out. It was just like, oh, that's really pretty. And then after I finished watching the episode, that's when I was like, oh, wait, they actually changed the animation style. And it, it really enhanced it. I thought it was a really good um, choice. And not only that, but another thing that was very Demon Slayer-esque was the character changes whenever they were going into comedy, like how the... Mm-hmm. characters that were being stupid would like go to the very like 2d heavily outline like very mm-hmm. silly versions of themselves and mm-hmm. again i know demon slayer wasn't the first to do it but it's the most prominent in recent memory mm-hmm. and it's just it's a trope that i can get behind like it's mm-hmm. so slapstick that it's great yes and also something that brad told me about in our discord that maybe then make sure I was is um, make sure you watch past the EDs because they have little skits. I think starting from about the third episode onwards, um, there is consistently little tiny skits that happened after the ED and they're all incredibly funny. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. They are all phenomenal. And some of them like kind of continue on from the Mm -hmm. point of where they were in the show. Mm-hmm. And then others are just out and on their own. Oh my god, the one at the end of episode, like, was it 19 or 20? Where, uh, fucking, what's his face? Like, they thought he was getting hit on. <laughs> I was just thinking that when Megami gets hit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, it was whenever I watched that one, I messaged you, and I was like, mate, you have to fucking watch all of the end skits. Because mm-hmm. I'd watched them all up to that point, but it was like that one that drove it home of, I have to make sure she's watching this, because knowing her, she's going to be skipping through everything. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that one is the one that mainly sticks out in my brain, as well as, um, oh shoot, I just had it and now it's gone. There was one about food. Oh yeah, didn't they go to like a restaurant and one and then end up getting kicked out because uh, fucking Ryuji ate too much? Something. It was something like that. Something I like feel that. like there's a couple that there's a couple pertain ones, to restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> there's a moment where they uh, uh, go into... Oh, no, that's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of a spoiler. So we'll put chicken hats on. Yeah, so spoiler chicken hats. Again, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a great time. It's Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, if you're above the age of 17 or um, uh, R rating... <laughs> I don't know. If you feel like this is something that you are capable of consuming and being happy about it and everything, definitely give this one a watch. Put it on your to-watch list. Um, it is, it's definitely worth it. And you don't want it spoiled for you because there are some um, pretty, like, impactful things that I don't think people will expect. Where, or, like, they follow through with stuff that other animals, uh, animal, animals, other animes <laughs> cop out on. So I told you my brain's working at maximum 50% capacity today. I love it. But Wouldn't have um, it any other way. <laughs> right. Uh, they follow through on things that other animes cop out on. So if you are watch consume a lot of animes, things might actually trip you up. I feel like if you watch less anime, sometimes you're more able to predict things because people who watch a lot of anime sometimes get stuck in the rhythm of how animes go and then things trip us up. And this one was one that tripped me up, that I was like, oh, that's gonna do a thing, and then it didn't. So, um, yeah, uh, try not to get this one spoiled for you, it's worth it. 100%. So, spoiler chicken hats, put them on. Yes. Okay, so, um, again, this is a 24-episode season, so uh, we're not gonna be going through point by point by point by point. We're gonna try and keep it a little bit more 
um, conversational and chill because yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot happened. So can we first things first? Can we talk about Gojo and how I still don't understand what the fuck is going on, but I'm here for it. <laughs> What's happening? So first thing, mm-hmm. this man's power makes no sense. Okay. Like, probably one of the most OP characters in recent anime history. Mm-hmm. But here's what I don't understand. And I don't yeah. know if you picked up on it in the uh, in the second OP or not. Mm-hmm. But you know his barrier power that he has to where, like, dude can't get hit? Yes. Rain doesn't even hit this man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you picked up on it in the OP, but I just watched that and I was like, the fuck is this guy? Uh, did you also, also notice the guitar in the second ED? I was like, oh, that's Gramps. That's the, the other principal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Also, Gojo's eyes have a better animation budget than most animes combined. <laughs> Facts. Facts. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, 100%. But I, they are so pretty. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm jealous. Like, mm-hmm. I'm jealous of that man's eyes. Yeah, me too. And I have blue eyes, but, like, please? <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's it's a great time. I just had to get that out of the way. Like, that was one of the things, like, I was chomping at the bit to get at. It's just like, I don't understand this I dude's don't. power. No. I don't, like, I have so many questions left at the end of this to the point where I just want to go out and buy all the fucking manga and just start a yeah. binge. Yeah, I, I have a, like... In my head, the way I kind of explained it to myself was that it's like an aura that hardens, like he can just harden his aura. But yeah, it basically just gives him like a layer of armor that can't be penetrated. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, okay. wait, never mind. We, If you want to read Jujutsu Kaisen, you can. Oh? It's on Viz. I pay for Viz. So ah. the podcast has access to all of it. Nice. Nice. Okay. So I wrote down some points. They do not go with the linear story, but like I said, we're going to try and keep things a little bit more freeform today. So, yeah, we'll we'll kind of go through it as we... Uh, I guess we can... Uh, okay, so basic thing starts off with uh, Yuji Itadori. He is our main character. Uh, he <laughs> starts off being OP. He is throwing shot puts world record distance, and they're only stopping because they hit a goalpost. He's crazy fast, His and he's also got a, like, no interest in, like, doing anything. And he lives with Gramps, Gramps in the hospital, um, and he has two friends um, that he is in the occult club with at school because it's basically the going home club for him (laughs) because it's mandatory for him to be in a club at this school. One thing I will say, the girlfriend, the girlfriend that he is associated with at the beginning Reminded me of one character from Bob's Burgers. I've never seen Bob's Burgers, but I just saw the connection and I couldn't get it out of my head since I watched it. And it ruined like the first three episodes to me because I was looking at her like a character from Bob's Burgers, even though I've never seen it. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. It, it, and I was oh. just... <laughs> I made that connection and that was it. That was... <laughs> my brain was like, okay, great. I, 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 I just I just had a fucking stupid joke pop in my head. Oh, yeah? This anime is like KFC. It's finger licking good. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're so, because 
<laughs> that's that's such a multi-layered joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not uh, sorry. But I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a really good joke. <laughs> I'm pleased. I'm pleased with myself. I was like, I, how can I come up with a good joke? And then I was like, why come up with a joke whenever I have a slogan at my disposal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, that is oh, so apt. Oh, my God. That is really... Okay, that's stupid. Uh, okay, so then uh, Itadori goes home, his gramps dies, and uh, his gramps leaves him with one final task, and that's to basically save people. Um, so that when he dies, he can be surrounded by people and not alone or, like, with the one person like his gramps was. So then he's wandering around and this is when we bump into Megami, who is looking for a cursed artifact that is at the school. And that's when he finds out that the friends of the school had the cursed artifact and both of them team up and they go and find it. And by the time they go and find it, big monster cursed creature has already come out and started attacking the two friends. And a big fight scene happens. Megami gets caught up for a moment and uh, Itadori has the artifact, which is, ends up being a finger of um, a really evil, bad spirit who we don't really know much about at this time. And if you eat the finger, you consume the power. And uh, so he, to save his friend and himself out of the sticky situation, he eats the finger, gets the power. He should have died. He didn't. Turns out that he was actually the vessel for this guy the whole time. And that's most likely why he was incredibly powerful, even without the finger already having been eaten and him having the the curse inside of him, because he, he was basically born for the role. And then big fighting happens, and then he is supposed to be executed because he is very dangerous. But that is when we jump into, well, we meet Gojo, and uh, he's very rebellious against the way that things are supposed to be done. Yeah. So then, yeah. yeah. So then we find out that, well, Isidori is uh, invited to be a member at the Jujutsu school, and Megami is also a first year as well. They need to go and pick up their, their third first year student, who ends up being Kugisaki, I think. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, and She likes to get hammered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, she nails everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay, so... Those, uh, those are the final three students. It is, this is where it's talking about how they have, like, some tropes that are pretty typical for um, this kind of thing. Uh, and this is the typical hero has no family, main, main character has no family, um, and the two boys, one girl trio. So both of those are very common traits, but I don't think that they, like, were misplaced. No, and in fact, like, this was a very different take on, like, the... <clears throat> like two boys one girl trio type scenario mm-hmm. because like their dynamic is very different than what you typically get out of the bunch yes like typically the girl is like fawning over one or both of the guys the other guy that's not a main character is typically somewhat useless to a degree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but megami's a badass and mm-hmm. this chick although very full of herself 
can be a badass when she wants to be. Yeah, yeah, she, um, I also find that she doesn't follow the stereotypical appearance of that regular third girl as well. She has shorter mm-hmm. hair, she is very covered, um, like, she wears, like, she she does, like, obviously take care of her appearance, she likes to, that's one of her character traits, is to like to take care of her appearance, but she's very forward, um, aggressive, and sure of herself she's kind of a little bit thick as well which is kind of again not something you normally see in those character traits normally the girl is smart because that's her thing is that she doesn't fight but she has brains she's yeah i i like her character a lot because she is kind of the opposite of what you would expect her to be uh in the comments for one of the episodes of this show on crunchyroll i did see someone compare her to sakura and basically saying like she is what they wished that sakura would be from naruto um instead of whining about uh, wanting to be with Sasuke the whole time. Um, they wished that she would have followed through and been as badass as Kugisaki is in this. So yeah, pretty consistently people are like, this is a really good trio of two boys and one girl. They did it really, really well. Um, and she's a really, really solid character. She's a badass woman and she doesn't have to tell you that she's a badass woman for you to feel that way, which I feel like a lot of companies are kind of having an issue with right now. I know that that was a big issue with like Captain Marvel, for instance, is that people felt like she was preaching that she was a strong woman so much that they didn't believe that she was. Mm. Um, And this is a really good example of when they get it right. And you just uh, like her as a character because she's badass. She doesn't need to be like, I'm a badass woman because you know that. I feel like there's a, like, depending on how you want to portray that character, as long as there's, like, a true level of cockiness that kind of goes with it, like, in this scenario, it mm-hmm. works. Yeah. And it works very well. But then again, you also get to see her grow as an individual, too, because she has that cockiness to her. She gets put in her place. And then in the very end, like, that last fight, like, I was like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, she's very much, like, one of my favorite characters in recent memory. Yeah, just because I, of like how that agree. final fight went, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I completely agree. I also really like her relationship with the boys, as you were saying earlier. It's completely platonic, mm-hmm. and but I like the way that she verbally says that she doesn't care about them, but then her actions say that she does. You know, mm-hmm. um, it and reminds me a lot of siblings the way that the way that they interact with each other. Oh my god, yes, mm-hmm. and like. Gojo's like the weird uncle that likes to yeah. show up at parties plastered. Yeah, or like the the older brother that's in college while they're all still in high school. So he like yeah. only comes home for summer or the weekend or something, and when he does, he just fucks everyone over. It's like, hey, you guys want a beer? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, super, super good dynamic between the three of them. Really, really enjoy that. Uh huh. So then they c- kind of have to test Kugisaki. So they go and they f- fight a demon in an abandoned building. I'm going to call them demons. I know they're not. They're curses or whatever. But the demon is the word that comes to my brain right now. So we're going to go with it. Um, <laughs> and so they, so they fight uh, this creature thing in in abandoned building. And she has to prove herself. And this is when we see her weapon as being a hammer and nails, which I actually think is really unique. I haven't seen another person use hammer and nails in the way that she does before. No, I haven't either. Yeah, so I think that's really cool um, that she has such a unique weapon. And then we also find out her like special trait or whatever in being that she can... Uh, I'm not entirely sure of all of the rules of it, but basically if some if she gets a hold of uh, the curse, a part of the curse, whether it be like a limb 
or like some of their cursed energy or whatever, then she can hurt them from that, even if it's detached from them. Yeah. Yeah. And especially later on, like the way that she uses it to basically crucify herself to cause damage. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, especially considering as her character, she is so, like, commenting on having nice skin and lacking scars and being cute and pretty and wanting a modeling contract and all that kind of stuff. Like, visuals are very important to her as a character. So um, to see her do something like that and sacrifice her skin for that was kind of, it was like, I don't know, it was kind of showing more character development because she was pretty shallow i guess all the way up until that point well i mean she was like all right my skin's already gonna be scarred because of this shit anyway because she was hit with like a toxic blood acid Mm -hmm. she's like well if i'm already scarred anyway just starts like driving nails through her own wrists just to cause those things damage but also the world runs in very much a one punch man type of world to where your heroes are given grades and therefore the higher grade they are the more money they make Mm -hmm. it's like a really interesting mix of like my hero and one punch man Mm -hmm. like how it's all done Mm -hmm. because one punch man they don't have to go to school but they have the grading system my hero they have to go to school to learn about their powers and like how to do their job but it's not grades it's more or less just rankings yeah so it's a very good mesh between the two of like how the societies have to go about their business mm-hmm. so yeah. i so she's very much right in her fact of you know i need to take care of myself because if i take care of myself and look good i'm able to make more money yeah so, well there was actually some really um strong commentary on that between her and the opposing school's third year mm-hmm when they had a fight scene uh, kind of in the middle of the show a little bit, yeah, like early and like the sports court. festival arc. Yeah. And I don't know, I thought that episode was really, really interesting how they were talking about how the men are only expected to be strong, but the women are expected to be cute and strong because, mm-hmm. um, because of the societal pressures and stuff. And I thought, I don't know, it was a very strong statement to make in an anime and I haven't seen an anime make that kind of blatant political social commentary in a little while Mm -hmm. it was cool oh yeah for sure Mm -hmm. and then the next little bit is i think what you were talking about whenever you said like how a show typically doesn't say something and then follow through with like their threats Mm -hmm. because our main trio get called to a scene where they have to investigate a prison right yeah it's a correctional facility for youth yeah And so while they're there, they run across a demon that is, that has one of uh, Sakuna, the like head demon that's inside of uh, Ryuji. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Itadori. Mm -hmm. And so he, and whatever curses or demons, whatever the fuck, anyway, Mm -hmm. obtain a finger, like they get exponentially more powerful. Yeah, because he's like the king demon. Mm-hmm. Curse. We're going to use them interchangeably. We're going to use the demon curse interchangeably throughout this podcast. It's going to happen. Yeah. So we be, know that. Be curses. prepared for that. Yeah. We know what they are. Yeah. But Demon Slayer is fresh on the brain, so they're it demons. Is. Yeah. Which is funny because they're still being exercised. So technically, they are demons. Yeah, they're spirits, right? Cursed spirits. Yep. So. But. Yeah. So. 
Curse has obtained one of the fingers. It's super strong. Kicks the shit out of Megumi. They flee. And Itadori tries to stay back and fight it off so the other two can get out. And Itadori basically almost dies. But Sakuna decides to come out and just absolutely wrecks the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But while Sakuna's out, like, it's very much a point that Itadori and, like, can retake over his body mm-hmm. whenever he tries. But because Itadori was so worn out, Sakuna's like, all right, I'm gonna go have some fun and go kill Megumi. Mm-hmm. But as they are fighting, like, Sakuna sees that Megumi has something in him that he's not letting out. Mm-hmm. But also, Sakuna's like, fuck it. You don't want to fight me. I'm going to rip out Itadori's heart because I can live without it, mm-hmm. but he can't. Mm-hmm. And Megumi's like, no, no, you wouldn't. And dude literally reaches inside of his own chest, rips out his heart and just yeet. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that during the uh, there was also a, one of the juvenile detention uh, people, the the prisoners the kids i don't know one of the people that was in the 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 center was their mother was outside because they closed it down due to like a poisonous gas leak and uh it wasn't the poisonous gas leak obviously it was the cursed spirits but they said it was and she was crying and um then they go in and they see the dead body of the boy and uh and that was like really emotional but also there was a a part where (laughs) itadori has his the tips of his fingers blown off on one hand. He's missing his other hand, but he has the tips of his fingers blown off on this on his other hand. And he clenches his fist, and something about that just made me nearly barf. It was <laughs> I couldn't handle the idea of him having fresh tips of his fingers missing and then making a fist. So and my brain just went, that is so gross. <laughs> Wash your hands, kids. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that that I had to like pause and take a breath because I was like, I am, I am, I am gonna end up with a very unhappy stomach if I think about that uh, any longer. Yeah, I had to take a bit of a break. That one really made me like, and there had been a lot of gore up until this point. It wasn't, and the rest of the show was fine. I don't, I'm not normally affected by gore. Like I took my first aid test and was fine when they showed all the safety videos and stuff. Like I've never had a real issue with that. But for some reason. That one moment was just like, well, it's weird because one thing I've noticed, anime gore is typically worse on people than real gore for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is because like as a society, like we're shown regular media and stuff like that on a regular basis to the point to where we kind of become numb to it. Mm hmm. But anime, you don't really see something like that that often. Mm-hmm. So whenever dude clenches his fist tightly with that, it almost makes you hurt for the man. Because yeah. can you imagine how painful that would be? Like, oh my god. Yeah. I feel like people have a thing with fingers and toes as well. Because I think there's a moment in, what is it, like Dawn of the Dead, that one zombie movie, where the, the, the zombies are like clawing at a bus and the nails of the zombies flip back, and that always makes me feel sick too, and everybody I've ever spoken to about that always feels sick about that one scene. So I feel like there's a thing with fingertips. I feel like we have a thing with fingers and toes. Or, like, bones in general. Like, whenever you see, like, a really bad leg break to where, Mm. like, the leg, like, completely snaps over. 
Yeah, um, one of those. Like, that kind of stuff is uncomfy to watch. It's super uncomfy, yeah. General rule of uh, first aid. If something is outside of the body that shouldn't be, leave it where it is. Just patch it up around it until you can get to, to a licensed person who can help. Don't put things that are outside of the body back in. And if there is something in the body, do not pull it out. Leave it where it is. General Especially if it is going all the way through. Leave it. Yeah. Just don't touch it. Don't touch it. Yeah, yeah, because that's a thing. You cause infections if you try and put shit back in, and uh, you could bleed out if you take something out. So just don't touch. Just patch them up as best as you can without. Make sure to keep it moist. Mm. Moist. (laughs) (laughs) There's a somebody's cringing over that word somewhere. (laughs) There's a a scene in Doctor Who. Um, about the the last human. Her name is Cassandra. And she's just basically a flap of skin at this point because of the amount of plastic surgery she's had to look forever young. Um, she's not the last human. Well, she is for her time period, but then they they go and visit her and then Rose is the last human because but she they traveled through time. So, you know, but she's just like, like a, you know when you see like leathers that are like stretched out, they're attached to like those pins and they're, They've pulled out on a wire frame, you know, like a uh-huh. drum surface or like the top of a trampoline, I guess. She looks like that with a face. Um, and she she always says, moisturize me. And and then they hit her with a spray bottle. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, every time I hear the word moisture, I just think I just have Cassandra's voice in the back of my head going, moisturize me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Headphone users were not sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we have a dead main character and the two friends leave. They think that Itadori is dead. Um, they take him to the morgue. Everybody thinks he's dead. Um, and for, well, he is dead. He doesn't have a heart in his chest. And Megami goes to the mom, gives him, gives him, give, gives her the name tag of her son. And she is upset saying like, oh, it's okay. I'm the only one that's going to mourn for him anyways. And... Megami kind of has a bit of a character shift during this time because he kind of believed that, like, to not get involved with stuff, to, like, just deal with the curses and and they were bad kids anyway because they were in a detention center, like, it's no worries. But because of his conversations with Itadori and the fact that Itadori is kind of both good and evil because of the fact that he is literally housing the king of cursed spirits, it it creates a conflict in his brain that is then a consistent character point for him until pretty much the very end of the first season. Mm-hmm. And... Training for the school festival arc begins! Yeah! So this is when we are introduced to the second years of uh, this school, the Tokyo school. There are two schools, one in Kyoto, one in Tokyo. Um, and it's a rival thing between the two of them. It happens every year. And yeah, it's it's the supposed to be the second and third years versus the second and third years, but the third years, for some reason, are not available to be used for this school, so they're in, including the first years as well. And our second years are also a ragtag group of individuals. Yes. Because you have a main character that does not have the ability to use cursed energy. She can only use weapons that have cursed energy. And she also can't see the curses except for with her glasses. Mm-hmm. Our second one is a literal panda that can talk. 
And he that needs is apparently all of the like hugs. a do what? He needs all of the hugs. Yes, all of the hugs. Like mm-hmm. the best panda, one hundred percent. Kaede would have a field day with the panda. <laughs> she would. Yep. Yep. Oh my god. So somebody give me a Bunny Girl Senpai and Jujutsu Kaisen crossover, please and thank you. Okay. Anyway. And our other one has the ability to speak curses. Mm-hmm. However, because he can cause damage to himself and those around him, by doing that, he only speaks in food. Mm-hmm. I think it's specifically things to do with Onigiri, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, like yeah. it's like salmon, rice... Onions. I think he was talking about spring onions at some point. Something yeah. like that. Like yeah, it's literally yeah. just like onigiri ingredients. And I, oh my god, it's great. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. Like they'll be sitting there having a conversation, and you just get like an I am Groot moment out of it. And I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> and it's the way that they just understand him. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's like. Yeah. Again, it's a group moment from Guardians of the Galaxy to where, like, they just go on with it. It's like they totally understand where he's coming from, and then they argue back and forth with him. Mm -hmm. It's great. And then we get to meet our characters from the other school, and they, too, are a ragtag group of individuals, but in a completely different way. Yeah, so first of all, we're introduced to Mai and Toto, who are, they kind of come to the school basically to wreck a bit of havoc. Mai is Maki's younger twin sister, and Toto is their, like, highest ranking member of the group, who uh, has a thing for tall girls with fat asses. And uh, they're- And idols. (laughs) And idols, yes. And this is one of the best- callbacks there are two callbacks that i can think of that are really 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 good oh we totally forgot about there's there's a whole thing that we totally forgot about oh no is that no that's happened just after this okay yeah that's fine we didn't we're good but there are two (laughs) two really good callbacks this is one of them when our main character itadori goes to the school for the first time he's introduced to the principal and the principal asks him to like greet him properly or whatever he bows and says his name and then starts describing things he likes about himself and one of the things that he says is that he likes jennifer lawrence then you have toldo who is um obsessed with women and and specifically he asks every man uh, what his ideal woman is whenever he meets them and if they uh and they never have the same opinion as him and so he then declares them an enemy and um, beats the fuck out of him. Yeah, he's incredibly strong. Mega me included. Strong. Yeah, he's incredibly strong. So later on, when they have uh, their first interaction with each other, this is quite a bit away. I'm skipping a bunch, but I need to for this callback. They, uh, he asks the question, and Itadori says, oh, probably tall women with big butts like Jennifer Lawrence, who he'd already previously mentioned. And I just thought that was such a good small detail that they kept throughout. It was so, so good. Oh, it was really good. I expected it to happen. Like, I called that shit from the get-go. Because, yeah. like, Itadori and Toto are going to fight. Toto's going to ask him the question, and Itadori's going to be, like, tall women with fat asses like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And he said it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, I don't know, I thought it was it was a... It was one of those things that was that you thought was going to happen, but it was so satisfying that it, when it did, that it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's like I, really I was nice. all there for it, like one hundred percent. Like I oh, yeah. was okay with it, but I was like, called it. <laughs> yeah, and that, like I the with 
I think some people might, from the pure like description of Todoro, maybe find him creepy, but he's not, I promise you. He is um, very, like, it's very much a fan situation. He is a fanboy of that kind of thing, but he never crossed any boundaries and it was just very funny. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it's very, they did it very, very well. Dudes ate, like, giant, like, superhumanly buff dude with a scar on his face mm-hmm. that just cares about fighting and idols. Yeah, he That's goes to it. meet and greets, get signatures. He's, uh, he, yeah, he's a huge fanboy. And it's very, very, um, kind of endearing. He's kind of endearing with his, <laughs> the way that he acts about it. I don't know. So, um, I have a theory for later seasons. Oh, yeah? So, the idol that he's obsessed with, I have a feeling that maybe she's a cursed spirit. Mm. And... Like, especially how she took a liking to Mai. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that becoming a thing later. Because this show is like S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero in that it's good about tying up ends in its yeah. own way. I could see that coming to, like, be an effect later. Mm. I would definitely be interested. Oh my god, and Toto getting jealous over Mai getting to spend time with the idol? <laughs> that, that would be funny. Um, oh, give it to me, please, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, I could I could definitely see that being uh, more of a bigger, maybe not necessarily a primary plot line, but definitely a secondary plot line. Just just give it to me, please mm-hmm. and thanks. So whilst the uh, they go and then it's it's they have about a month and a half of training before the big fight between the two schools. So Megami and uh, Kugisaki then start training with the second years. And whilst that is happening, Itadori wakes up, um, scares the crap out of everybody. It's really quite funny. <clears throat> and then uh, th- he is told to kind of keep it hush by Gojo because of the like higher up level people that wanted him to die because of his possession of the King of Curses. And so uh, they're like, we'll just keep it on the down light for now. You can reveal yourself when the sports festival comes around. I I beg to differ. I don't think he was just told that Gojo locked him in a basement. <laughs> also true. Yes. Um, so <laughs> this is when the second callback happens that I really, really like. So he gets him to sit down and watch a whole bunch of movies from uh, whilst he is like doing some training. He's holding a doll if he gets punched by the doll, uh, if he's not controlling his basically mana flow and so he has to watch all of these movies then he ends up developing pretty well and then they do a bunch of more training kind of stuff and then they go on a mission because of finding a a, because of the reports that there had been three kids in a movie theater that had been horrifically deformed and killed turns out that there was a classmate who was being severely bullied who witnessed this and so then Junpei, Junpei, I think his name is, um, is one of the other like higher up uh, cursed, what are they called? The Jiu-Jitsu Sorcerers? Jiu-Jitsu Sorcerers, thank you. Um, and he takes um, Itadori and the assistant, I don't know, I don't remember his name, um, to the movie theater to do some investigation. He sends Itadori and the assistant out to go and talk to the high school student that may have witnessed something. And he goes to the sewers to fight Frankenstein Man. You know who he reminded me of? Who? The white-haired kid from Tokyo Ghoul that's, like, covered in baseball stitching. 
Mm-hmm. Did you make it that far? Uh, yeah. In I season think so. two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know who I'm talking about then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like very much those kind of vibes. Yeah. I think there's a couple characters that are like covered in that kind of stitching. Um, I'm trying to think of another example, but I feel like there's more in my brain somewhere. I don't know. Like I said, 50% brain capacity today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he then um, figures out that this kid can actually see demons. This kid had gone and, and met up with Frankenstein man and he was already being manipulated. And um, basically you could tell that shit was going to hit the fan from very early. And yeah, the, all of these humans are being horrifically disfigured. And this is where we end up seeing some conflict for our main character Itadori because he ends up having to fight some of these humans and decide whether or not he actually feels like he can kill them because they are humans, but they are so disfigured that they cannot be turned back. That it, when they are the way that they are, that is it. And so he makes the decision to go through and kill them. And it's like a whole big thing for him because, yeah, he told his dad, his granddad that he was going to save people. And this is him. He feels like doing the exact opposite. But in my opinion, I would want to be killed too if I was like this fit in somebody's palm and turned into a dried bean or something of that variety like it 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 was a painful horrific existence but anyway so he uh, ends up meeting up with this this high school boy and the thing that bonds them from this high school boy that's been horrifically bullied um and has like no sympathy his empathy really for like anybody around him except for his his mom because of how they've ignored the bullying or perpetuated the bullying perpetuated the bullying or like actively taken part in it he kind of has like he's a very very conflicted soul and uh makes him easy prey for for the frankenstein spirit and um he uh itadori though bond over shitty movies that he spent the last few weeks binging because of his training which i thought was such a good plot like callback like that that was such a small detail they could have just gone with oh he's a nice guy so they ended up being friends but they actively put into the plot a reason for them to have something in common for them to bond so quickly and i thought that was such a good one i mean like they would need something like that though just for you to kind of feel empathy for what happens next i feel like they could have gone with the they could have pretty much just left it that he embarrasses the teacher thing and I feel like that's how most animes I have seen would have gone, is they would have done something really quite superficial and maybe not even have had them have something super in common. But they really kind of stressed how close they got. I've seen other animes where they kept it so much more shallow and then the reaction seems kind of... Like, the relationship is superficial, so then the the grieving seems exaggerated from the main mm. character afterwards, but they did it really, really well in a way that they made them bond very quickly, create a relationship, and then, obviously, this is another one of those times where they really followed through with it, and they didn't back down, because our high school boy ends up dying a very gruesome death, and they don't bring him back, and I feel like that w- that would be a place where a lot of other animes would also cop out. Mm-hmm. They'd either bring him back or do something, but no, like, other than main character vibes when you dead you dead there's yeah. no coming back mm-hmm. um i don't and know it I... was because of high school boy's death that ryuji for the first time ever swears mm-hmm. that he is 
actively going to kill someone. He is going to kill the Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's a big... It's a big thing for him as well, because this is where um, it's it's a big emphasis on him about your emotions affecting your mana, because it's a big thing that they say as well as like the reason why curses are created is because of the negative emotions. So him using those negative emotions is not necessarily an asset if he has no control over them. If he has a solid control of his emotions, then he can use that anger to strengthen himself. But right at this point, he was just feeling ferocious, you know like un unregulated emotion and it didn't work out in the best way for him because he didn't have the same control that he would have. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really liked about this show is that they explained why they monologue. So they gave us a reason to explain their moves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because if they say what their special ability is, it works faster if their opponent knows about it. So mm. I, th- I thought that was such a simple thing to do that worked so well, and it meant that the viewer understands what's going on because of the fact that they can just, like, so they've already been told, you know? But also, mm. it doesn't feel like there's a pause in the action while they explain about it for no reason, and then, oh, the villain's monologuing again, or the hero's monologuing again, like, it didn't make sense, but this actually makes sense, and it makes sense why they listen to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that was a small point that I liked, thought it was good. Uh, oh, no, I agree. That was, a, that was a very handy little thing to do, and definitely something that a lot of other things would not do. Mm-hmm. And then, school festival arc! Yeah, yeah, so uh, we're going over a few major, like, well, not major, like, minor things that they'd have missed. So, again, if you're listening to this... Um, and you haven't seen it and you're just listening to the spoilers anyway, I've done that before, so trust me, I know. But if you are doing that, there are still points that we haven't discussed that are really, really interesting and really, really good. So um, definitely go watch the show if what you've heard so far is interesting to you, because yeah, we're skipping over quite a bit here, because like I said, we've got 24 episodes to get through. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of details that um, you're not going to get right now. Okie dokie. The Kyoto students come and they have their big festival thing and it is basically they're in a forest, they're releasing um, curses and the team that kills the most curses wins and basically gets bragging rights for the year. Not much happens. However, the principal for the school, the old dude for the Kyoto school, tells his students to kill um, Itadori during the festival it'll be considered an accident he's not a real they don't consider him a real human because he's a vessel so it'll be fine big festival happens uh, Itadori is revealed to still be alive to the other two because they still thought he was dead up until this point and then uh, yeah big big fights it's kind of the main fight is Itadori Toto Kind of, but there's also a big one between Megami and, uh, what's his face? The, the, the dude with his eyes closed. Eyes closed, dude. <laughs> and then the twins fight as well. Oh, and Panda and Robot. The Panda and Robot fight was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, dude with his eyes closed. You know who he reminded me of? Who? You from Demon Slayer. Hmm. Like hair and all, but just more bland. Mm-hmm. If that's possible. Because <laughs> Gyu was already very bland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But at least Giyu was colorful. Yeah. Whereas this dude, very bland. Mm-hmm. The twins fight was pretty good. The the one, like the sweet girl with the blue hair, I want to see her have development. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was needed this season. I think she was just fine this season, but I am excited to see more of her. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think if they left it another, like if she is still in the next season and doesn't have any development, I feel like she could become stagnant. So I hope that she has like some kind of power up. Mm-hmm. And then the fight between Toto and Itadori, Toto proceeds to beat the ever-loving shit out of Itadori, but since they get along, Toto's like, I'm gonna teach you how to actually use this power of yours. Yeah, it's actually a really, really good um, dynamic that the two of them have. It was kind of like, I really like, Itadori does have the kind of personality where he just goes with the flow, so it makes complete sense that he would just get wrapped up in this <laughs> fantasy that um, Toto is is experiencing because of course he makes a whole backstory for them in his mind they've gone to middle school together they call each other brother they (laughs) they both love the same idol they're they're like there's a whole backstory which is very very funny but i really really like the way that they did it the way that he kind of proves himself to him with the question about women and then proves himself again with his fighting style and then toto being like you need to get better if you want to still be my brother and my best friend. And they keep fighting and he's giving him hints, but Itadori is running with those and completely taking those hints on board and they're getting better and better and better and improves vastly for then the big twist of the fight scene, of the big uh, school versus school fight. Because, of course, the Frankenstein dude... And some of his buds have decided to come to the school to steal some more fingers that um, Itadori needs to eat. Because there are 20 fingers in total that he needs to eat to, to gain the full power. But they don't know how many he can handle as a vessel and everything. But the bad guys want him to eat them because then he obviously, they can use that power themselves. So, or at least they think they can. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, so they want to steal the fingers that the school is holding that they aren't feeding Itadori. And so they use this big fight as a distraction. They make a veil that only targets Gojo, so nobody can go into it except for him. No, no. Everybody can go in and out. He cannot go in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that, that That's what I meant. If that's not what I said, that's what I meant. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then uh, they kind of like, yeah, there's some more fight scenes of this time. It's like group of students versus one curse spirit because the curse spirit levels are like special class. So they are really like way past the student's abilities. This is where we get to see Gramps of the Kyoto school, the principal of the Kyoto school playing the guitar, which is what I was talking about being referenced in the second ED. We also get to see some kind of butcher dude that wants to turn Gojo into a coat rack. We get to see Plant Boy, who ends up fighting the now brothers between Tono and Itadori. And we get to see... There's another one, isn't there? There's a Toge, Mute Boy, and Megami, and Eyes Closed fight... Can't remember. They fight Plant Boy. They fight Plant Plant Boy. Plant Boy wrecks the shit out of them. Right, yeah. And then Toto and Itadori take over. And if you watch anything out of the show... 
watch the fight scenes between Toto and Itadori against the plant boy because oh my god that was so pretty and so well done it's really 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 good and actually this is when Megami uses he manifests an elephant from his his power and elephant sprays water against plant boy and that's the the thing that I was talking about where the animation style changed slightly and it was really beautiful and reminded me of Demon Slayer so if you didn't catch that watch that part again it's worth watching it again that scene anyway that whole fight arc so watch that whole arc again but keep your eyes peeled for that if you didn't catch it the first time because uh, I thought it was really really well placed and it really did remind me of Demon Slayer the way that they did that and also this fight is where you get that TikTok famous line of thank you so much best friend <laughs> yeah which I thought was great I was like oh, I finally get to see you, it for real you get to see it in context yes and also and we're then, introduced to a kind of new mechanic where one of our, our villains isn't just pulling cursed energy. They have, uh, Plant Boy has an arm where he can pull plant energy and convert it into cursed energy, which is the first time that we've seen somebody using non-cursed energy for practical purposes. But then Gojo uses the power of the color wheel and absolutely fucking wrecks Plant Boy. <laughs> Round of applause. Like, like, that scene had absolutely no right to be that damn pretty. Mm-hmm. But also, how powerful is this man? Right. <laughs> the destruction that that purple ball caused. Like, the fuck? Yep. Like, and I, 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 I want to know, more, know about, more Well, I want to know more about um, Toto's ability to sense, because he was just like, Itadori, do not take another step forward, brother. <laughs> so he knew that was coming from a ways away. So he has um, some radar on him. Well, dude's just stupidly powerful. But also, can we talk about his ability to, like, just teleport targets? Oh, yeah. Whether that be himself, his teammate, or his enemy, and how they use that to their advantage to just beat the shit out yeah. of Plant Boy. Anything with cursed energy. So objects, anything. That was great. That yeah. was a fun time. Super, super also, good. whenever he teleported Itadori out for that fucking power pole. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what am I doing in the river? It's like, how did I get here? How did I get here? Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Another small detail throwing it way back to the beginning that I thought was really nice that they explained was um, the fact that Itadori's uniform is different and the fact that uh, Gojo's just like, oh yeah, I did that. You can customize your uniform and I customized it for you because I thought it would look cool. I thought that was cool, but <laughs> it, was, it was really funny and it was very fitting of his personality, but it was also just mm -hmm. a very easy way to explain away why main character looks different. But everybody's outfit looked different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense. But still, like, that's just, it's such a Gojo thing to do. Like, <laughs> I just want Gojo to be my dad. Honestly. <laughs> Not necessarily dad, because I feel like it would be, you would need a break after a little while. So, like, maybe, yeah, an uncle is good. Like, you see your uncle on holidays, and, and maybe when you go around for a weekend or something, in the summer, you might go away for a month and stay with them or something. But you wouldn't... I don't think I'd want to be around him every day. I think that would be... No, no. No, no. Dad would be fine. Because think about the amount of havoc you could wreak having him as your dad. Oh, my God. Now, maybe you disagree because you're not the element of chaos that I am. But that would be great. <laughs> I think I'd be exhausted. I would be, too. But again, chaos. And then... what? 
what the hell else happened after that? Like, I just remember Gojo just deciding to make a fucking purple ball out of red and blue. And, oh, baseball. Baseball happened next. Baseball that was happened. the second day of the sports festival. Oh, why not? Can we also talk about how uh, Toto's secret technique, the clapping technique that swaps places, is called Boogie Woogie? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. I no. wouldn't have it any other way. No, it's perfect. Uh, it's great. But yeah, so they decide that they need to figure out who is going to win. So they draw from a box. It's supposed to be one-on-one combat, but um, uh, Gojo happened. So it's baseball. And and this turns into a sports anime. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's um, yeah, the six fingers of, uh, got stolen as well while they were doing that. And... Uh, yeah, they play baseball, and th- there's also some commentary on Megami as to why he doesn't really do anything crazy, because he's he plays it safe, basically, all the time, and he does mm-hmm. in baseball, and that's an example that is brought up later. But then to end out the season, um, they go on, it's like a, a mini arc, I think it only takes place over about three episodes. Um, and it's where they learn of a series of killings um, from people that all went to the same middle school together around the same time. And it's like some years later, all of a sudden those people are dying. And so they send the three first years out, our trio out, to go and investigate. And in doing so, Megami learns that his sister actually visited this bridge that is associated with this curse that is now killing people, um, along with uh, one of his old classmates from his middle school. And so they go to check out what's underneath the bridge. Megami tries to go alone, but the other two tag along because that's how that works. <laughs> and, then, and then they figure out that um, shit hits the fan pretty quick. Turns out another one of the fingers was hidden there. And um, that's why things are, are starting up again, because uh, Itadori unknowingly sparked the fingers to start like basically becoming real live again when he made his presence known as a vessel and they end up the three of them end up individually fighting these s-class spirits and megami goes through a whole character development thing where he where the reference is back to baseball him playing it safe all the time then we learn about his sister and his sister being cursed and kind of in a coma. Uh, We learn about him, the fact that he is related to this clan of spirits and stuff and how his father basically sold him as a child. He goes through some trauma as a kid and everything and we kind of actually learn some backstory on him because up until this point, he's been a really badass character but he's been very closed off and they make a point of explaining it in these last three episodes. Um, I don't feel like they were necessary to the series. I feel like the season could have ended before this. It wouldn't have been a full two core if they had done that. So I do completely understand why they added this, but I feel like I would have been very happy with it ending at the end of the the festival, the school, the sports day. <laughs> but yeah, that wouldn't have been a full two core and they wouldn't, if they had stretched that out, it would have been too long. So I don't feel like it was a negative to add this on the end. But it did, I feel like if you're thinking about the show, this bit may be pretty forgetful. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but also the character development that we get out of uh, What's-Her-Face from this bit. Yeah. It's not. No. Like, yeah. It's that, that very cuts- much detrimental. 
It very much, I think it rounds everything off well because we finally get growth from everyone and not just Itadori. Yeah, I feel like that. But I feel like also in six months time, I might blend the two and end up thinking that she gains her character development from the sports festival, you know? I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, that's just in my mind. I feel like I could merge them because I don't necessarily feel like the storyline of them going to save the, the... the middle school students was necessarily stand out. I don't think it was a bad storyline at all. I think it was really, really good. But because of how, like, how intense everything up until this point had been, I feel like this, it's not bad. It's just karma because of the nature of it. And uh, because of that makes it less prominent in my brain than other parts of the story. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Also, with- can we talk about how... Megami gets the finger, he goes to hand it to Itadori, and then Sakuna just opens his mouth on Itadori's hand and just noms it. Yeah, like, yeah that was really well, I told you to hold it. And he's like, it's not me. Mm. It's like everybody else can't see the faces that just appear on him. It's really funny. But then that, that uh, oh yeah, because we, we've got to talk about the, the pact that they made, um, where he is able to have control of the body uh, for a full minute, I think it is. But he can't. Like thirty seconds, I think. I, I can't remember what they what they said. But he can't hurt anybody during that time. But it means that he can do things like that. Whenever there's a finger around, he can bite it, take it. But also, Itadori will have no recollection. Yeah, of he what doesn't. Happens. He doesn't know about the pact. So Sakuna can completely take over his body for like thirty seconds or a minute, mm-hmm. however long it is. And but he cannot hurt anyone that Itadori cares about. Yeah. And Gojo is, like, suspicious of that. I think he knows that there is a pact made. Because, yeah, he was asked if they talked about a pact and, and pact and Itadori was like, uh, I think so? I can't remember, though. And so it was like, okay, obviously something happened there. But yeah, okay, so big character growth from Kugisaki towards the end. And two brothers out of a trio of three brothers of half-spirit, cursed spirits, half-humans, because of a whole story were killed and uh, along with another s-class so three s-class spirits were killed and then the last one the last brother is with frankenstein boy um from earlier and uh yeah there's there's also a very brief mention of um a monk uh, an androgynous monk with a white blob blob bob (laughs) A white, a white bob haircut, not a blob. Um, that was very, very briefly mentioned at one point that I think will be a character to watch out for in the coming season. Mm-hmm. And also at the very end of the last episode, Mai and uh, Toto both recommend all five. How many students are there? There's, there's six students. Five, six. So who doesn't get... Oh, Word Boy doesn't get recommended for grade one. But he may already be grade one. I don't know. Um, But yeah, they recommend pretty much the entire other school for grade one. And they've all kind of had troubles with that via the political things or... Yeah, just like people getting in their way. So they are recommended for grade one to end off. So what do you rate it? I'm giving it a solid... Solid nine. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I was debating between an 8.5 and a 9. I don't think it's any higher than a 9. 
not because of anything I can pinpoint. I just feel like there were maybe a couple of times when my ADHD had me distracted, but not so much to where I missed anything. You know, it was just like, oh, it dropped my attention for a second and then very quickly brought it back. So yeah, I don't think it's, it's a, uh, I, I definitely didn't get super, super distracted, but I do feel like my ADHD, maybe it was just a bad ADHD day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, there's a lot of tiny things that you should pay attention to that do come back and get called back later, which I really enjoy. That satisfies me a lot as a viewer. Some things were predictable, some things definitely not. I did not think the high school boy was going to get mutated and murdered. That was like, Ugh. and I'm, I'm happy that they did because I feel like they could have copped out. And uh, especially when they showed um, Itadori imagining him as a fellow classmate of his and like what it could be like with them going to school together. That was like, oh my God, mm. my heart, my emotions. Um, it didn't ever make me cry though, even though they tried to a few times, I feel like. With Gramps dying right in the beginning, with him in the hospital after his friends get really beaten up after the first thing, with the high school boy dying, and um, with probably with Megami's situation with his sister, I feel like there were a couple of times when they were trying to get you to the emotional point where you would cry. I don't think they, they well, they didn't get me there to that point. So Yeah, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. But who's to say now that we have growth, the second season won't come without losses. That's true. I feel like this show is definitely one of the ones where they will kill off important characters. I feel like they are, they are uh, following the trend right now that I've seen in these um, higher rated shows. Um, yeah, as higher rated as in not. like 17 plus R, you know. Um, I feel like there's a bit of a trend right now where we're, where we're seeing not necessarily main characters, but definitely secondary characters being killed off. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that from one particular <laughs> show i'm still not over it mm-hmm. still not over it ripping pepperonis <laughs> but yeah I, i'd give it a solid nine too it was it was a really enjoyable experience i could definitely see myself re-watching it and i can't wait for a second season whenever that comes out mm. we're getting a prologue story uh in a film version here mm. within the next year so that'll be really interesting to Yay, see so i'm looking fun. forward to just getting more content on everything yeah but that that pretty much wraps up everything I got. Yeah, I didn't have any other points to make. Well, if you like Blue, she has a Twitch channel. She doesn't stream, but it's there. You can follow her at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where she posts life updates, art updates, all that fun stuff at Blue Lavender STM. And she also has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean, where if you like doggo photos, that are absolutely adorable. Check that out as well. Mm-hmm. That Instagram may be being taken over by my mom soon because, yeah, I am moving. So um, Tilly, unfortunately, is not coming with me. She's staying behind. Oh, mm, poor Bean. I know. I know. So, yeah, that, that may be taken over by my mom. It may not. We will see. Uh, but, yeah, art photos should be coming a little bit more regularly. And within a couple months, I don't know, because, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot more art, a lot more scheduled soon. <laughs> but yeah, if you like Brad, then you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. You can also find him on Instagram under the same handle. He is very funny. He does lots of streams and stuff and good content. So be sure to check him out. There's like role playing servers and stuff that he's involved in. It's a good time. 
He, uh, we also have an Instagram and Twitter for the podcast at BNB Anime. We're at BNB Anime on all of our socials, so be sure to check us out. If you're curious if we're on a platform, search that. If we're not there, then we're not. But if we are there, then you'll find us, because we're the same on everything. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that has all of our things archived, and we have ideas for that coming in the future. We also have a website, www.bnbanime.com, where we have, again, all of our episodes archived with download buttons or links to your favourite listening platform for you to download them there. We also have a comment section on that for you to drop off um, answers to any questions that we've asked throughout the show or your opinions. I've said it before, but we are just two idiots that like anime. We know nothing about nobody. So uh, yeah, let us know what your thoughts are because they may be very, very different from ours. And we want to know. Also, you can give us some recommendations of things to check out. Um, and you could do that in either the comment sections on the YouTube channel, on the website, or in those DMs on social media. And you can also check out some behind the scenes stuff on the website, like links to our IMDB pages, because both Brad and I are voice actors. You can also go on to there to find pictures of our artwork, friends of the show, and uh, life updates and stuff are sometimes posted on the website as well. So yeah, check it out. That everything? That's everything. So, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to drop us a follow on whatever platform you're listening on, so that way you don't miss an episode. Mm -hmm. We are on all the things, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all the things. Mm -hmm. So, check us out on there. Next week, Oko's In. It's a film made by Madhouse. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. A 7.5 on my anime list and a 7.1 on IMDb. Hmm. And it was made by Madhouse. I am looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. On the show. I actually watched it with a friend a few, a couple months ago, a few months ago, something like that. Either way. I enjoyed it. It's a good film. It's going to tug at the heartstrings. It's going to be a fun time, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But until then, we will catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.